It's Thursday, March 3rd. Welcome to the News Diet, a healthier alternative for staying informed. I'm your host, Michelle Carroll. Today, I'm going to talk about oil, crypto, Russia and Ukraine, and the delay of baseball season. Let's be informed so we can get on with our day. Governments and markets around the world are bracing for the impact of the oil industry, thanks to the Russian-Ukraine war. Severe sanctions imposed on Russia over the last week has already started trickling down to the oil sector, of which Russia is a huge producer. While no sanctions have targeted the oil industry specifically, buyers are avoiding Russia, presumably for fears of volatility and possible international blowback. Since the invasion, oil prices have already surged. In response, the International Energy Agency has announced the release of 60 million barrels of oil reserves, which have been saved for emergency situations like this. Half of this, so 30 million barrels, will be provided by the United States. The International Energy Agency is an intergovernmental organization dedicated to keeping tabs on any major disruptions to the supply of oil. The reasoning behind the release of these reserves is to add some relief to the supply shortage. However, the amount being released is only enough to last a few weeks. This whole situation is placing a spotlight on the conversation around energy and where we get it from. Some are calling for more investments into domestic solutions, so it's not such a panic when global suppliers are disrupted. And also, foreign producers can't use it as leverage when they want something. But then others are saying that globalization, or the idea of being interconnected with other nations, economically, politically, etc., actually helps keep tensions low because of situations like this, it's kind of a lose-lose for everyone. The adoption of cryptocurrencies has risen this week also due to the war. Countries and businesses around the world have started imposing unprecedented sanctions on Russia that have caused the Russian economy and currency, the ruble, to plunge. European and North American nations have blocked Russia from the SWIFT platform, which is a central tenant to international finance. Also, monetary reserves are being frozen, and the wealthiest pro-Putin figures are being targeted as well. This isn't even mentioning all the companies who have pulled out from conducting business with the country. The fallout could have drastic consequences for the Russian government and elite, but also for the everyday Russian citizens. So with traditional finance systems in disarray, many directly affected by the conflict are turning to cryptocurrencies in hopes of finding a safe haven for their money and assets. The whole philosophy of crypto centers around the fact that there's no central body regulating transactions or accounts. So unlike what's happening with Russian banks right now, no one can seize or freeze assets on the blockchain, which is where digital assets live. So we're seeing both the ultra-wealthy starting to store assets there, as many around the world are starting to target them, but also regular people worried about what might happen to their money with the volatile state of Russian banks and the ruble right now. It's also being used as a way for families abroad to send money to loved ones stuck inside the country without having to deal with governments and intermediaries who are at the mercy of the sanctions. Financial analysts and crypto enthusiasts are considering this a real-life case study into blockchain adoption, where the costs and benefits are very real. We've touched on some of the high-level impacts that the situation is causing, but now let's talk about Ukraine and the war. 
Russian forces continue to attack major cities in the country, with many reports of violence towards civilians, which could be considered war crimes. The Ukrainian people continue to fight back and have still managed to hold the capital, Kyiv, the second largest city, Kharkiv, but it is reported that the Russians have managed to take control of the port city in the south called Kherson. Also, a convoy of Russian tanks about 40 miles long has been heading to the capital. However, it's supposedly been delayed quite a bit because of fuel shortages. Yesterday, Ukrainian President Zelensky addressed the nation, encouraging the people to hold strong. Also, the United Nations General Assembly held an emergency session for the first time in a quarter century, and out of the 193 members, 141 voted to demand the end of the attack, while 35 countries abstained and five countries voted against it. Those five were Russia, Belarus, North Korea, Syria, and African country Eritrea. Other developments is that the prosecutor for the International Criminal Court has opened an investigation into whether Russia has committed war crimes. The U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken is traveling to Eastern Europe today, and Sweden said that four Russian fighter jets violated their airspace. The number of casualties is estimated to be around 2,000 Ukrainians and 5,000 Russians so far, and the number of refugees who have fled is said to have reached a million. For the first time since 1995, the start of the Major League Baseball season could be canceled due to disagreements on employment terms. The league and the players' union continues to fail to come to a solution on a new collective bargaining agreement. They've been going back and forth for months, and the deadline was supposed to be Tuesday. Instead, the first two series of the game will be canceled after the league locked out the players from working. Opening day was supposed to be March 31st. Essentially, what the disagreements are coming down to is the payment structure and allocation of the $11 billion in annual revenue. The players aren't happy with their decline in salaries, and the league doesn't seem to be caving, citing how the lack of in-person attendance over the last couple years has hurt their bottom line. With the season approaching, I'm sure both parties will continue to hash out the details. It's Thursday, March 3rd, and you've just been informed. Now it's time to get on with your day. I'm Michelle Carroll. Thanks so much for listening.